Jesus died for you, but he didn't stay dead. Jesus rose up so that you can rise up in him, which leads us to the Easter story recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, where we read this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Peter and John and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and I don't know where they have put him. So Peter and John ran to the tomb. They saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with doors locked for fear, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. On the first Easter, Jesus found his friends down in a room of gloom. And what Jesus did for his friends in that room, Jesus wants to do for me and you in this room and in our overflow. Let's hear it for our people in overflow today. We have so much praise for Jesus. We're overflowing with joy for Jesus. And so right now, Jesus is asking us to rise up from every kind of death. Notice that when the risen Jesus entered that room, the first thing he says is, peace be with you. And this is what Jesus wants to bring to us right now. The kind of peace that overcomes every kind of death. Death was on everybody's mind in that room of gloom on the first Easter. Beyond their fear of their own physical death that they were gonna be coming after them next, there was also the deathly anxiety, the deathly disappointment, the deathly discouragement and despair. But when the risen Jesus came into that room, he empowered these down disciples to rise up from every kind of death. And I realize that we uh, today don't talk very much about death, but it's a reality, and we should be more honest about it, I think. Uh, in years past, uh, people were much more comfortable talking about death. Uh, for instance, in past generations, parents would tuck their children into bed with uh, a little prayer. Uh, some of you may know this prayer. It goes like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now, just being honest, I did not teach my kids that prayer <laughs> because it seems like a little creepy to uh, send your kid off to sleep, reminding them that they might die and then uh, saying... Night, sweetie, pleasant dreams. <laughs> but, you know, believe it or not, for generations, parents not only taught that prayer, but they also taught the second verse 
which goes like this. Our days begin with trouble here. Our life is but a span. And cruel death is always near. So frail a thing is man. And then, sweet dreams, kiddo. See you in the uh, morning if you're not dead. And uh, remember, cruel death is always near if you need a glass of water or anything like that. So I'm saying that maybe our parents of the past took a good thing maybe a little too far. But it is good for us to talk about death, especially if it means that we are in the conversation preparing spiritually for it in Jesus. Jesus, the risen Jesus, is the only, only way to empower and rise up over every kind of death so that death has no power to bury us in fear. Nobody avoids death by not talking about it. Last time I checked, the mortality rate for all of us hovers right at 100%. Everybody dies. But some people rise up in Jesus with peace over every kind of fear. And I know that there are some listening to me right now who are dealing with real suffering. You're dealing with real pain, deathly worry, real anxiety. And I know the last thing you want is some kind of Easter pat on the head and some trite slogans. With Jesus, there is never a triteness when it comes to the subject of death. Jesus experienced it firsthand. Jesus knows something about real pain and real suffering. In fact, did you notice what Jesus does immediately after he says, peace be with you? He shows them his hands, his nail-scarred hands. Jesus shows his hands as if they were somehow connected to his peace, which they are. Jesus shows his hands because they are the answer to the question of how I can rise up over every kind of death. The peace I'm looking for is in his hands. The peace I'm looking for is not in my created possessions, not in my created pleasures, not in my created plans. The peace I'm looking for is in a relationship with my creator made possible only through Jesus and his death and resurrection. The answer to my deathly discouragements and despair is in his nail-scarred hands, which hold the truth that I am so loved by my creator that he came personally to die for me. The answer to your anxiety is not trying to take circumstances into your hands. The answer is to put your difficult circumstances into the nail-scarred hands of the only one who is truly in control and proved it by rising from the dead. So rise up in him with peace over every kind of death and rise up to living that is really the life. The next word Jesus uh, says to his frightened followers is, as the Father has sent me, now I 
send you. And he breathes on them his indwelling Holy Spirit so that they are empowered to live like Jesus. And it says that the disciples were overjoyed, meaning they were spilling over with joy. See, there is a chain reaction. The Father sent Jesus to love and heal and forgive and bring joy to me, and then Jesus, the risen Jesus, sends me out in his power to do the same thing, to love and heal and forgive and spill over with joy to others. In his power, I can rise up with the life that lifts up those around me. My uh, twin son and daughter are now in college, but when Parker and Kaylee were about two years old, uh, we stopped at a uh, Cracker Barrel as a family for breakfast. And uh, Jen and I didn't like being seated as a family near anyone else because with two-year-olds and high chairs, food can fly. <laughs> but we were seated at a table right next to a man sitting by himself who was very grumpy. We knew he was grumpy because he ordered his meal with a grunt, and when his breakfast came, he never even looked at the server, but just complained about the coffee being lukewarm. Contrast this reaction with what happened at our table. When the server came toward our table with the pancakes, no kidding, Parker and Kaylee rose up in their high chairs and gave the server a standing ovation. <laughs> it actually started before the, the pancakes even arrived. Parker rose up and he said, here it comes, here it comes. And then they hugged the server with thanks until the server was giddy with delight. And then they went back down in their high chairs, bowed their heads, folded their hands, and thanked God too. And there you have a picture of your choice of two ways of living. You can live with a grunt, greeting every day with a grumble as God lays blessing after blessing before you. Or you can rise up with overjoy in Jesus and greet each day saying, here it comes, here it comes. The risen Jesus wants to breathe on you until you are so overjoyed that you can lift up the gray and grumpy people around you with the love and the forgiveness and the joy that the Savior serves you fresh every day. Now that guy, the grumpy guy at the Cracker Barrel, he came over to our table to uh, explain with some emotion of how Parker and Kaylee had impacted him. Uh, the impact was right here. It was... Uh, <laughs> Great jelly from our table, and he was rather upset. But he didn't like sitting next to my kids and their overflowing jelly. But if you have overflowing joy in Jesus, people are going to want to be near you to just catch some of that vibe overflowing from your relationship with Jesus. So maybe you walked into this room, and you were a little down like those disciples, or maybe you're even a lot down. Well, Jesus rose up so that you can rise up in him. He calls you to rise up over every kind of death. He calls you to rise up to the living that is the life that you were created for. 
there is someone in this place who is reaching out to you right now. He conquered death on Easter Day. He knows you. He knows what you're struggling with. And he wants to completely break death's grip of fear on you. He wants to fill you so that you're overflowing with joy. His name is Jesus. He is the risen one. And he calls you to rise up. I think the first rap song I ever heard was, had to be in about the fifth grade. So my father was a pastor, and you know, my parents, have, you know, they were Christian growing up. To my parents, rap music was pretty much synonymous with gun violence, drugs, uh, you know, glorifying sex, all of those things that had nothing to do with their lives, and they didn't want any, any of it to deal with my life. I listened to hip-hop kind of on and off. I liked R&B, um, but I mainly wrote poetry. So during that time, you know, I have some of my friends growing up in my neighborhood, and one of them came over to my house and he saw like my book of, of, of uh, poems, and he stole them, and he brought them up the hill to this rap group. I was like, yo, you gotta get this dude on your rap group. And I'm like, I don't rap, like I make, I make poems, you know? And I'm thinking like, if my parents find out that I wanna rap, like I'm getting kicked out freshman year, you know? Um, but eventually I joined the group and uh, I was one of their best artists. And so that's kind of how I, how I dove into a freshman year as a rapper. At this time, you know, I was going to church, you know, because my dad had me go to church and, and I kind of lived the life that they expected I was living in, in front of their eyes. But, you know, on the flip side of it, I was going into this group and kind of living the life that they were expecting to come out of my life. But I, in the middle of it, I didn't really know who I was. Um, and so, you know, in my raps, it was all, you know, pretty much a fabricated lifestyle. I just knew how to make it sound pretty. I always had good discernment, and I guess I got that from my parents. So there are uh, three accounts where I was somewhere involved in music or with music, and something would tell me to go home. And it'd be like 11.30, 12 o'clock, 9.30, and I would just go home. And every three times someone got shot 20 minutes after I left, the Lord pretty much reached out to me and began to reveal himself. And um, because I only went to church for a show with my parents, I didn't really know who to talk to about those things. Um, and so I, I began to just, you know, read this, read this Bible actually for the first time. And so it was as I was reading and as I would learn how to pray that God would just begin to speak to me and, and I just started surrendering things over to him. Um, and so amongst other things like giving up my girlfriend because I read about, you know, purity and sex, which I, I knew about, but I didn't really know about. And this last thing that, that the Lord asked of me when I was surrendering things over to him, he said, uh, I want your talent. And uh, it was one of the hardest surrenders I think I, I ever gave him. Um, and six months later, he, he said, hey, like, I'm, I'm going to give this gift back to you, but I want you to do it for me. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not doing that because that sounds corny. It sounds really boring. And I Googled it. I Googled Christian rap, and I actually saw artists that were doing it. And uh, 
that's pretty much what the catalyst was that drove me into pursuing this thing called Christian rap. Greater is he living in me. Jesus prayed as it is in heaven. Be done on the earth. You can't get into heaven unless you get rebirth. That's John 3, verse 7. Every Christ follower was given a mandate. Carry out what Christ taught us to raise disciples. Not a fan base. Listen, we got no prophets. You follow Jesus, so what is the problem? You were created a hit from your father and carry out miracle signs and wonders. Healing the sick, raising the dead. We are the body and he is the head. What are we doing by reading the Bible and never doing what it says? I know who I am and I don't say that with arrogance. I am a son of God walking in my inheritance. Power move. I experienced a lot of backlash um, just from family from friends that, you know, were expecting me to be this next great rapper. And so uh, I dealt with a lot of isolation and just one-on-one -on -one time with me and the Lord. And the more that I saw the music actually begin to impact people's lives and not made them just want to change because they needed to follow God, but because it was, it was a heart transformation, um, those things began to affect the way that I view God. And I said, wow, like, this is actually like an intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Lord. Um, but it's because he loves me. And that's what began to transform my music and even more where it was like, I want to express my complete love to you and I just want to bring people into the experience so they can see that it's not just following a set of rules um, if you don't have the right heart posture in the beginning. I released my first album in 2016 um, and I dropped two singles in the middle and end of uh, 2017. Uh, and currently uh, I'm at about 140, 1,000 streams on just one platform alone. Um, and it just it just baffles me to know that uh, each stream has touched one individual um, that is transforming the way that they not only view God, but view themselves and how God sees them. Um, and so the Lord has just done so many good things. I've met you know graphic designers that have worked with Kanye West and um, other engineers that I currently work with now that work with you know Ariana Grande, ASAP Rocky, any artist that you would think of. And there's instant connection to those people, but it's, um, it's what I'm doing going to have eternal value to my life. And I know that only through Jesus is what, what can provide that for me. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.